You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back. This is Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of... I'm taking breaths in between because I usually die at this point. Um, <laughs> Sherwood Park's District Soccer Association's podcast. Nailed it. Not well, red in the face at all. Not, oh. red, not red in the face. Not turning purple. <laughs> 17 takes. Um, I'm joined with, by Dan O'Drummond. Hey, buddy. Chuckles O'Toole. Hello. Better known as... Chuckles O'Toole. Hey, well, it's, it's the same thing. <laughs> Special guest today, Jordan Stewart. Well, I guess it, it's the secondary time. Again. Jordan, yeah. yeah, again. But the difference is he's live. In he's studio. live in studio. Not that we're live <laughs> yet. It's coming. I hope so. It, I can't wait to be a part of a live podcast. I'm telling you right now, we are going to start eventually going live. It'll be live to Facebook where we can actually take... Phone calls because apparently my number is going to be out there anyway. Um, so we can go it's all our bathroom walls, too. Crying <laughs> <That's laughs> emojis, dislikes, everything, bad comments, everything will be coming on. So, I mean, the only scary thing is, is when you don't get people calling in and you're like, okay, okay. <laughs> what are we talking about here? We'll get Sandra to call in, you know, <laughs> yeah. mix it up sure, a little bit. I'll make sure I call as yeah. well. Then. I'll be out. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I almost dropped the F-bomb, but I'm going to stay away from that one today because wow. I said it far oh, too much. Any bets? When, any bets? When, <laughs> yeah, you, when you were it. on the phone, mm-hmm. the last episode, I must have said it like 700 said times. Said what? What did we say? <laughs> I, I have no idea. <laughs> you guys need I to have... start gambling or betting on this, like set an over-under <laughs> line well, like I mean, 105 <laughs> and anything over. I'll take the over. I think in some of those instances, uh, people actually have drinking games where if somebody <laughs> says something or something happens in a movie. You'll be passed out after 20 minutes. <laughs> it would be a lot quicker than that, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, today's topics, well, we're going to start right off with a little bit of club talk. And in particular, well, by the time you hear this, though, the our, our classic tournament, uh, which we run, is in the process of starting. It's going to start tomorrow. I believe. Um, so tomorrow for you folks would be <laughs> two weeks from now or something. <laughs> it's, it happened two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Everyone will have enjoyed the the um, the classic tournament. Uh, 121 teams. That's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, that, that's awesome. Uh, all being held up at Millennium. I don't believe they're going off site or are they? Nah. No, I don't think so. <laughs> no. So a well lot, lot of teams in from uh, all over uh, Alberta. We've got Fort Mac teams. We've got teams from... Everywhere. <laughs> Not just Fort Mac, but, you know, we've got Calgary teams, we've gestures? got uh, all that. Uh, hand gestures. Now, now there's a, we could have an entire show just on oh, hand gestures. There we go. See, now you don't even have to turn it off. You just stop talking right just now. hand talkers. <laughs> just enjoying the show at this point. So, yeah, and, and I tell you, the staff here has been working extremely hard. Dean Master Angelo, I'm telling you, he's been pulling his hair out. Um, nailed well, that last uh, name, d- by the way. Just, what was that? You nailed that last name, by the way. Well, it's because I've got it written in my phone somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's he's been really instrumental, him and the and the Schillen brothers. Uh, we still haven't done Schillen with Schillen in a while. Yeah, we, he's right there. Well, that's right now. We're going to come out in. In fact, I think we have to hand a mug, oh, yes, a mug and a scarf to this gentleman. Oh, yeah. I was just about to ask who won that mug. Yeah. I had an email drafted up, very professional, <laughs> saying what you won. And then it was like a Friday. I'm like, ah, oh, maybe I shouldn't send this. I'll do it on Monday. That's and then I just, right. just forgot, forgotten about it. That's right. You, you were the one who answered the Blau Baron yeah. question. There. I think there was a scarf, a mug, a car. We really like. We really wanted to get. Yeah. 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 And the option wait. to buy a Hyundai Santa Fe. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was a, not that DW is selling his vehicle, but he 
he is. <laughs> so if there's, uh, so if there's any anybody out there who's not on Kijiji that needs a vehicle, um, yeah, uh, fantastic. You, oh, there we go. There it is. I was like, magic, Ooh, no. magic word. Okay. Um, so we were. I, I've lost track of where I was now. All of a sudden. Talking about what's coming up. Just, that's uh, right. Classics. That's right. So we actually, the classic tournament was it was going on, and, the, and of course, like I said, the the Schillen brothers were instrumental, along with Dean here in the office of, of putting that all together. Great work by them. Um, other things that are coming up that we need to discuss. I'll, I'll leave it to the both of you guys. Our strive for excellent camps. You want to just give us a little bit of a rundown of the uh, possibility of the pl- people that are coming in uh, to help out and uh, what what the what the participants can expect this this coming strive. Well, uh, who we've got coming in? Uh, we've got a different array of coaches coming in here right now. So Sean Lauder, our ASA executive director, is nice. going to be part of that. Nice. Uh, John Club, our grassroots uh, director, is coming in, so he'll be fantastic. And Alex Bunbury making a return. Mm-hmm. And yes, I said the word. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I it, you don't say it that often, so yeah. I can let you get away with it. Uh, like I said, Alex Bunbury will be returning with us, uh, Tosh Farrell, and he's bringing one of his associates who's working with him over in England. Uh, they've started their own sort of little academy uh, coaching education sessions, and they go around to a lot of the pro clubs and their academies and teach them. Mm-hmm. And his name is Andy McKnight, uh, UEFA A licensed coach. Very coming good. in. And then, obviously, you've got our technical staff here as well, helping out with uh, the strife part. Even better. Yeah. With the yeah. strife part. No, I think it'll be great. I mean, I think this is the seventh year I'm involved. Um, it's it's a fantastic camp, and we've seen it more and more. It's gone over to uh, kids in St. Albert, the west end of the city. It's becoming bigger and bigger. I think it's a great week. Um, the staff here, the admin staff, do a great job promoting and getting it out. And I think our tech leads, our tech staff, and then obviously our headliner coaches that come out uh, do a fantastic job. Wednesday, just a reminder, is the coaches symposium as well. So that happens every Wednesday. We're going to be, or Wednesday of the camp. During the week yeah. of the camp. Yeah, yeah and we're going to be doing that at, I think six o'clock at uh, the Gibson room yes. and then we'll be out on the field and then a couple beverages afters for the coaches. So. Beverages. Yeah. Are you, are you familiar with the beverages there, uh, Jordan? Uh, there's been a couple <laughs> in and around me in my time. Yeah. Yes. Back in your time. And have you ever had an opportunity to be in and around this, this camp in particular in your days here in Edmonton? You I know, know you're out in Calgary. Uh, now, so. No, I've, I've never been a part of the camp. Uh, heard excellent things all the time about it. Um, and, and they always bring in great coaches to, to help the players and, and to put together a really high class coaching symposium. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, it just uh, camps in general, as far as every club will put on, their own uh, version of something during the summer months in particular, um, try and run things. What are some of the, the best components, do you think, that are a necessity to, to really facilitate a quality camp? Any thoughts? You know what? You, you need quality coaching. You need to be organized and, and you need to, to make sure that the players enjoy themselves. So if that's uh, some sort of World Cup tournament at the end, water fights, I don't know. But there has to be some element of fun in there, and then the players have to, to develop at the same rate. So, um, you know, facility always helps. And, and I know in Sherwood Parker you've got top-notch facilities yeah. in terms of the fields and, and even shelters for, for poor weather. So uh, no doubt in my mind that it will be a good event. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's meeting the members' needs, right? I mean, we have a couple camps after in August with some of our uh, younger kids or community kids as well, right? So just putting on different things because the members want it. So let's let's allow us to service them and make sure that they have opportunities to 
have their kids develop and work with good coaches. Mm-hmm. Well, part of part of this as well is that we forgot to mention that John Club will be putting on a little session on the Monday night, the first day of the camp, and that's open to all the parents and all that as well from Community and Phoenix. And John is a very charismatic uh, speaker as well, mm-hmm. and he's really enthusiastic about what he does. And he'll be giving a lot of great information about the grassroots program that's occurring here in, in the province. Yeah, and I think John is a real big proponent of having the parents be involved with their children when it comes down to the game and the sport and and the coaching aspect of it, which I, I really think makes a huge difference within a that that uh, play aspect where where parents are you know putting mm. some time in with their kids as, as I'm sure they do anyway, but why not do it within the sport as well? And it, it, in turn, would give them a better understanding of the game in general and, and what that game entails and and the fun that can be had within that game. And, yeah, it's a and John's a real mm. big uh, a big quality, you know. Well, I think the misconception, too, that. is when, when people hear grassroots, they think it's maybe like from four to, to six-year-olds or four to eight-year-olds, where really it's like from four to U19s, the whole grassroots program. So hopefully John addresses that a little bit in there as well and gives us a little bit of an education as to how the whole program works. Yeah, it was it was great having him in here uh, when he did. This was a few months back or quite a few months back when, when John was a guest on the show, but... Very interesting guy. Love the way he put things forward. You work with him, I'm, I'm sure, much, much closer and much, what, much more there, Jordan. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's, uh, there's a good relationship. Like we're trying to really be strategic in what we're doing at the grassroots level, uh, all the way through to the player development and the excellence stream, uh, mm-hmm. and then how the coaching education ties in with that. And I think, you know, the bits that you've touched on with the camp, you've got your parent education, you've got your coach development, you've got your player development. So for me, that's that's a very very complete camp. Yeah, yeah. Nothing like a complete camp. <laughs> happy, well, happy campers. Too bad, yeah. too happy bad campers. we couldn't figure out a complete show here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I, I, I'm just dying to come up with that perfect show where Jordan, whilst walking the big beast he has of a dog, <laughs> uh, completes the show. He's uh, he's a little smaller than a, a big beast. But uh, yeah, I will look to try and not hit the fifteen seconds <laughs> fast button too many times. It was uh, it, it was pretty funny. I was uh, chatting with you about coming in here yesterday, and uh, pretty interesting to hear the dog in the background. I don't know if it was with you or with your uh, partner in crime there, but uh, yeah, he, he's uh, he was making a little noise. Too. He's vocal. He's vocal at some points. When he's hungry, he lets you know it. And, uh, Charles or the dog? <laughs> Both, I guess. I often hear Charles making those noises in, 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 in the office. That's just whimpering. At some point. That's just a lot of whimpering. <laughs> Whim- well, more emails for Charlie. There you go. There you go. You know what? I would love to see some emails in here. I would love to see a little bit more something from our lovely district and the people that listen to this podcast feedback. Yeah. And like I said, I I think it's just getting it out there more. We had a couple of ideas at our last planning meeting about getting it out there. So people are aware because I don't think everybody's aware that we have the podcast going. So, I mean, I I think that's, uh, that's a huge thing to to hit on with any topic, any project. You need the information to get out there in order for people to know what's on. I think going live, to Facebook is going to make a huge difference as well. Mm-hmm. And if we can find some other means, at least the first segment, we'll start with the first segment going Got to get that big banner behind you. Big banners in the works. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. 
Yep. Large banner, we're going to have to take down these happy calendars. So. We'll be wearing suits that day, right? Very oh. <laughs> no, no, no suits All right, we'll see how you come dressed. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to Maybe say Maybe that it, time you'll have a shirt on, unlike this one. <laughs> I, I was... <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm okay. You haven't I'm, denied the, it. The shirt's been okay. It's the pants part that I, I <laughs> needs to have those on. Um, I... I I was part of another podcast and, and we went live and it was a little different because there were pints on the table. Um, so I don't know how uh, the, the club actually went over, but it was, yeah, it was 11 a.m. on a Thursday pints. Yeah. That's just it. We record this mostly during the day. So we may have to make the transition to an evening affair. Yeah. Possibly. It might be tougher getting guests in though. What do you think? I think it could be easier for you. Really? It could be. Wow. If we went later at night, though, and you and you let's let's for, for example, we're going to make we're going to make the attempt to try and talk to some CSA people. Um, a few hoops we have to jump through first to make that happen. But that being said, if we go later, it's going to be later back east mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of them are based in Vancouver, though, so it might actually be earlier for oh, some, your hometown. Some, some of them, man, my hometown. Hometown, yeah. Wonder how many times Vancouver gets dropped in these podcasts. Oh eh? come on! It, 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 <laughs> Sorry, BC, BC. It, it's BC. been a, it's been a while since I've actually dropped that. Yeah, what are we talking about right now? Well, <laughs> <laughs> ah, get out of here. <laughs> hey, listen, we're going to take our first break here. Um, hopefully, you, you, people can get online and, and start getting themselves organized for the summer events that are coming up. Getting yourselves involved with the Strive for Excellence camp. Um, getting yourself or your team booked to the team portion of it. It's a, it's a great camp to be part of and um, just just one of those ventures you, you'll want to be involved with. I, I, I don't think you'll be disappointed in, in any way, shape, or form uh, getting yourself involved there. So we're going to take our first break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. Today's podcast is sponsored by Mr. Lube, taking care of your car on your schedule, not ours. Mr. Lube. And we're back. <laughs> you just like to giggle and don't you? Ah, it's just funny how you do it. You always, you always keep us on our toes. Keeping you on your toes. Have to. And Why? we're back. Just because. You're listening to Soccer Talk of the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. Located at, uh, I have no idea. 251 Casco Road. <laughs> wow, 251 Casco Road. Don't know where you work? No wonder when Jordan had directions, he's like, oh, that put me on a Charles. <laughs> it's funny, though. It's, you didn't even give me the address? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you actually had me turning at the wrong set of lights, too, until Charlie took over, and it was like, oh, okay, I know exactly where I'm going now. Oh, come well, on, so come not on. Spruce Grove. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, on that note, I, I just want to say there's two types of people in the world, and they're those that follow a map, like if you've given the directions in a map, they follow the street names, and then there's the other half, which are landmarks. Like you would just say, mm-hmm. more landmarks. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, Miller was like that. Miller was, Colin Miller, when I worked with him here, although he couldn't, he could barely get out of his subdivision, let alone anywhere else in Edmonton. He um, Does he listen to this as well? I don't know. Oh, Maybe okay. he does. Maybe he does. He's, he's, next guest on the show? Yeah. <laughs> the next guest, we could definitely do Colin Miller. There you go. Now that he's Mr. TSN, I, I don't know. He might want cash. <laughs> <laughs> 
I didn't know that was an option. <laughs> Jordan's yeah. like, no, trust me. Trust me, Jordan. I'm it's just getting a coffee mug here <laughs> that I have won for some reason. <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be lingering around the front. We'll be like, why isn't he going yet? Oh, yeah, the coffee mug. Coffee mug. There we go. Coffee mug and scarf. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I, I mean, I've never been the one who's a landmark person. I would much rather have the street names and somewhat of a direction, <laughs> like north, south. See, I can't do it. Like, I even grew up here in Sherwood Park, just outside Nardrossan. So mm-hmm. this is, like, the hometown. Yeah. And I still have no idea. If you were to say Casca Road, no clue. Yeah. But if you would have said Bottle Depot, like Charlie did, I was like, oh, I, I know, know exactly where, where that is. Wow. Fair enough. The Fountain Tire, more or less I know like exactly yeah. where that is. <laughs> and it's, it's that easy. So. Well, I mean, and that's, like I said, it's like 50-50 almost between those people that need the landmarks and other people who need the, the street names. Do you I have just, research to, to back this up? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 50-50 on the It's more or less just uh, questioning and ans- asking those oh. questions as to uh, what do you find? <laughs> All right, you, you, you're going to be. This is your podcast, and you're going to be hitting the fast forward button. <laughs> I like that, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Aren't you? Even yeah. though you're chatting, oh yeah, fountain tire, bottle depot. <laughs> but you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to send this to the missus and be like, "Babe, I was on a pod- podcast." Oh, yeah, and she'll be thinking. <laughs> uh, you Every, everyone's giggling. The I'm the one with the headphones. No one knows what's going on. They just see me hit a button. And we know the you goat. You sort of hear it. Yeah, we could hear it. Could you? Okay, goat involved. So we were, let's let's move on. Let's move beyond this. We were going to uh, talk since we have one of the coaches in the room for the Western Canada Summer Games. Mm-hmm. Um, teams being, I, I guess, again, by the time the podcast happens, we will have had our first introduction to players coming in and trying out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so why don't you give us a bit of a rundown? I know, Charles, you've been involved with it as well. Have you been involved? No. As a player? No. Uh, no, just Alberta Summer Games, never Western. Oh, you're, you're bad, aren't you? Well, maybe you, I missed you, the cutoff. I don't know. You're a bad player. <laughs> I don't have the stats to back it up. Standards to go. Well, you go left at the bottle depot. <laughs> you know what it was? Charlie was actually the coach of that age group, probably, and he just uh, don't uh, fancy him. Little, don't fancy him. A little bypass. <laughs> I'm taking a risk here. No. How'd you do in that one? Uh, the first one we got bronze, and then the last one we won it. We got gold. Wow. How did you get asked back if you got bronze in your first <laughs> one? Uh, because actually, I was the assistant coach at the time. Uh, and the other coach who was the head coach sort of uh, disappeared. See, I was asking uh, just in case that happens to me, just so then I've got a card to play. See, yeah, now, yeah, you got that. Be careful, because I almost had to buy pizza for everybody in the thing. And I was just <laughs> yeah. I was just doing the, the, the Alberta Summer Games and, and, and Coach Zipper. I didn't medal because Dano was the, the with, kingpin. With Graham Dano Dixon. And the, no, we got so Graham right? Dixon, the glue. Um, we, did, we did well with that group. So we made a friendly wager. I don't know how that come up. Oh, we said we'd buy you a steak dinner. That If I got gold. If you got gold. Mm-hmm. But if you fell out of the medals, you have to buy everybody in the office pizza. Ooh. Yeah. Risky. Risky is right. Risky. He really got after those kids. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Once the gold medal wasn't there, he's like, we've got to get a medal. (laughs) No choice. (laughs) And we did. So I was was very pleased to bronze, but it was still... It was, it was twin your last game, it. Yeah, yeah. There you was, go. It was it was very good. So we were talking about the uh, the Western Canada Games. How's mm-hmm. that going for you? Yeah, it's been it's been an interesting process, kind of getting chucked into it and looking to coordinate the soccer side of it. Uh, just getting the selections done. So 
TD recommendations, scouting, uh, talking to people, which players should be in, which players should be out, who's performing, who's who's on the decline, and then just making decisions from there. So yeah. so this weekend we'll be in Red Deer, so May 25th, 26th, uh, we'll be in Red Deer running the, the boys and girls trials. Now, how difficult is that? Because it's, it's no longer, at least from my perspective, the Alberta Summer Games was zonal. So it's a smaller pool of players to pick from where you're the entire province. Yeah, it, uh, it presents some interesting headaches, obviously. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that will get disappointed that they're not involved. Uh, but the realities are is there's 18 players that will go and two of those have to be goalkeepers. Yeah. So you're looking at the top 16 players of each gender uh, in, in the province. So there's a massive player pool that gets left out even from the trials and, yeah. and the selections. And, and listen, we'll make mistakes. We'll, uh, we'll release players that shouldn't be released. We'll, we'll have not invited players in that, that should have been invited in. Uh, and, and we'll put our hands up and, and say that. But, uh, you know, but it's that's, just, it's that's part the, of it. That's the nature of the beast as far as coaching goes. I mean, every, every coach has their own idea of what they're looking for. And not every player is going to fit into that mold of what they're looking for. So are there mistakes made? Of course. You know, is, is somebody going to get passed over that maybe thinks they should be there? Uh, of course, and uh, you know, in an all due respect to that player, maybe they should be there. But again, coaches just have their own opinions. What, what was it like when you were making choices? Well, it's probably a little different than what's happening now because we had uh, the winter program running at the time, mm-hmm. so the coaches were sort of selected maybe at that time. Okay, so we were able to work with a lot of players like from October right through to March. Okay. So when it came to the tryouts then for Western Canada Games or even Canada Summer Games, we had a pretty good idea of who we were looking at. And at that point through the winter, we'd brought in a lot of players that we could take a look at. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe it was a little easier. Yeah, Yeah, it was easier and earlier for for us at that time. Okay. So, but we still had the tryouts. So if anybody we had missed or hadn't been made, been able to make it into uh, the winter training, mm-hmm. uh, they were brought into those training camps. So is it open tryouts right now, or you guys narrowed it down? You got a certain player pool that's coming in. Yeah, we narrowed it all down to uh, about thirty-two to thirty-five players per gender. Yeah, uh, and brought them in, and we'll we'll see what happens this weekend for them. Nice. Yeah. Really good. I had a conversation with Adam Loga, who's one of the he's the head coach of the men's program at uh, Grant McEwen, McEwen yeah. and he's one of the coaches on the on the men's side of the Western mm-hmm, Canada mm-hmm. games. And so I had a conversation with him about goalkeepers and their thoughts and and again much like you just said you had narrowed down that pool for for each uh, each gender. So mm-hmm. um, excited for the players that got asked to come in. And it's um, what 03s? 03s 04s and any like really exceptional 05s. So it's again it's a it's a pretty narrow bracket as well. It's an under 16 event and and, uh, you know, just, just because players have been involved in certain programs doesn't mean that they're invited back in to, to these things. It's, mm-hmm. it's performance-based. So the door is always open, and, and players just need to work and, and need, to, need to get after it. Yeah. So, so now, that's a pretty broad age range. Daniel, you didn't make it through any of those ones? Uh, let's go back. <laughs> like, okay, if we're going to get into this, what do you mean I didn't make it? You don't make anything you don't go and try out for a chuckle. Oh, so. no, you oh, made the invites. Hey, I don't know. What, what group did you coach? Oh, it was the 92s. Yeah, 92s. I was, 90, I was in 85. 85? Yeah, I just dated myself. Grandpa. And I'm sorry, you're a what? Oh, all right, never And mind. we're done the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the 95s as well. Huh? It was the 95s as well. Well, there you go. It would have been 10 years but too old. It, it's Jordan says if you were exceptional. I don't know. 
Well, if you ever get choked, <laughs> I, don't, I don't hear too many calls. They, they might this. not have had it, Dano, because I didn't have any Western kind of summer games either. Thank you. There you uh, go. Uh, at that you time. guys are about the same age, aren't you? I'm in and around you. I actually, yeah, I'm not going to date myself, but smart guy. I actually think it's, uh, I think they had the Canada games, mm-hmm. Canada summer games, and I don't know if they still had the provincial one as well, because... Oh, yeah, that's right. I didn't play Western Canada games. I actually played for Canada. So maybe that was it, Charles. Oh. oh. <laughs> I think I win that one. I think I can go now. Uh, How'd you guys uh, do? Uh, well, oh. it was, we lost 2-1 to Austria, I think it was. Oh, mm-hmm. oh geez. Wow. <laughs> wow, boxing gloves are on in the office. <laughs> wonder if any of those Austrian boys ever went on to have a pro career or anything. I don't know. Maybe might have been a decent player or two in there, hey? Oh, well, you, for sure. You, you had a couple of games, though. Were you, were you on camps and stuff where you played? Yeah, Czech Republic and, and Austria, so... I mean, I played with Jackie. I mean, Jackie mm-hmm. went on to play, at least on our side of things. Um, I think Ledgerwood was playing up. I'm trying to think, oh, it was a long time ago now. But, yeah, it's always interesting to see who you played then and then mm-hmm. who you may have played. Because, I mean, we had people that, I mean, David Edgar was in the camp with us for the younger group, I think. Um, and there's just guys that played against Milan Barros and things like that mm. that you hear after the fact, right? Which is always yeah. kind of cool. So that's really cool when, yeah. you, when you hear the names and they've made it big. Yeah, know, and they've played at the big tournaments mm. and the elite level. Yeah. Well, I mean, even Canada's U17s just qualified for the World Cup, yeah. which is awesome. That's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. 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 Actually, Dean in our office, his second cousin, essentially, it's I think. A cousin, yeah, yeah, like his cousin's son. Yeah. Uh, started on the team. So that's great. Yeah. Then. Saw some videos of him celebrating in in BC, I believe, and whatnot. And my son's going to the World Cup, just like. It's awesome. It's a great yeah, moment. It's so. crazy. Yeah, yeah awesome. that was pretty cool. Now, how intact did they keep the teams? Um, I, I know it's for the Western Canada Games, you're obviously going through the trial portion of it. I believe the tournament's in July. The No, it's uh, first week of August. August, yep. First week of August. Um, so up until what point, I guess you, you can continually, if you get injuries, things like that, you could add or, or take Take players away. Yeah, I, I mean the uh, the registration deadline for the squad is June twenty fourth. So we've okay. got still about another month to to get out, watch players that might not have been included mm-hmm. that uh, that might be performing well, and then from there, uh, the squad's pretty well set at the end of June, uh, with a few alternate players in case of injuries or, or absences uh, up until the event. Mm-hmm. So there'll be a, a small training camp uh, first week of August, and then we leave on the eighth uh, to Swift Current. Nice. On the 8th. The tropical oasis of Swift Current, Saskatchewan. Where's your guys' team camps? I'm slowly uh, picking off information for McEwen, but go ahead. Yeah, they should be based <laughs> in Edmonton here. We're just finalizing okay. some of those details. So nice. uh, look to use good Edmonton facilities and, and keep the players uh, local here. Yeah. We don't get anything exotic like going down to Florida for a week or three or days. Dominican or Dominican yeah, FC. Nothing like that. Well, I, in, that, in that regard, it was the entire league that went. Yeah. So, uh, I, well, see, I that's st- where it's really changed because the year before with the Canada Summer Games team, they would actually take us to Europe mm-hmm. and a preseason mm-hmm. trip for two weeks. Really? Yeah. And, and th- everything at that time was all paid for as well. We even got shirt, tie, jackets. Uh, oh, yeah. Like Old they, school. They decent. Well, yeah. We got to go to the Canadian Embassy and sort of stuff. We used to go to academies, watch some games. I think, that, great. I think for me, that's, that's something that I, I understand the costs and everything have gone up for all programs. I'm not just talking 
you know, these, these provincial programs or the mm-hmm. national type programs. But I remember the day and, and it, again, dating myself. And, uh, but I remember what it was such a proud moment. If you got asked to be on any provincial program, mm-hmm. oh, for sure. everything mm-hmm. was taken care of. You didn't pay a nickel. You, you were given all the gear, you were given boots, you were given all, all means of, of the necessities of playing football to, to go to these events. And it was such a huge deal to be part of it. It's still a bit of a big deal being mm-hmm. part of these programs, but now it's more user pay. And, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I just, I just, I don't know if it's just the sponsorship isn't there or obviously, you know, back in the day, it didn't cost as much to, you know, be involved with these types of things. So I don't know. I, I, do you think we, is there room for us to get back to that? I think it's a just a changing landscape with that piece, like uh, with the pro clubs coming in. I think that they'll take a, a leadership role in that player development piece, mm-hmm. and and they'll take uh, a driver's seat in in providing players that experience. I mean, uh, I never got the opportunity to wear the Alberta badge as a player, mm-hmm. but like when I wake up in the morning now and put on these training tops and put on a jacket, like there's a lot of pride that For I sure. take in, in what I'm doing. And and Dano, you were probably the same. Like mm-hmm. at, at the time. Wearing a Canada shirt, wearing an Alberta shirt, it was uh, it was a big deal, oh, a huge and, deal. And, and like sorry, like you said, there was always good players that was left mm-hmm. out. And like if you had an injury, there was years I made it. I was an alternate. I got injured and left out. And like you went through roller coasters because it, that was the pinnacle. Like at that time in your development, like mm-hmm. you needed to make yeah. the provincial team. Because and I still think it has a huge weight. So I, I find though that they, you guys were probably the last true. Um, age groups, I think that really it meant something. I think it still means something to some players, but I think there's oh, what's the term I'm I'm trying to use here? Um, it, it, it just there's a more entitlement now. I think from players mm-hmm. that play in the game that figure they that's it's more they think they deserve it, mm-hmm. whereas back Mm-hmm. In your guys's time, and again, it's not an eight, it's not that old mm-hmm. long ago. Yeah, um, it was more a privilege and more. It, it was just like, oh my gosh, I've been invited into this fantastic. I think sort there was thing. there was less opportunity though, right? Like then, like you had to go overseas if you were going to play pro. There was yeah, there was true. no option to stay really in North America, especially mm-hmm. in Alberta. Like there was just nothing here for players coming through. Um, so there was more hunger. Like you had to try and make it, you had to make it into a provincial team. You had to get to a, a showcase so yeah. that national team, mm-hmm. you know, staff would see you. Yeah. There, there was, there was a clear pathway, but it was a very narrow pathway. Yeah. And I think now there's more opportunities. And I think, I think kids think that it's easy to, to get through those pathways now that there's more of them. And I think they genuinely feel like it can be given to you uh, just by showing up and putting your boots on. Yeah. And, and the realities are is, you know, if, if you talk to any pros, like they'll tell you the first contract's the hardest to win. Of course. And after that, the next one's even harder Yeah, because there's more players, there's more kids coming through looking to take your shirt. And, and it's, it's, it's an evolving process that, that, uh, over the course of the next, I would say five to, to 10 years, especially leading into to the world cup that we're hosting here, mm-hmm. um, there has to be a culture change within the players and within the kids because it's, it's not given to you. It's yeah. earned. Yeah. And, and it's as simple as that. It doesn't matter how many emails your parents write or what kind of boots your parents buy you or anything like that. Like you have to earn it. Yeah. That's, that's the biggest that's why thing. I think is, that uh, coaches like yourself or working with these players right now are going to instill that because you guys have been through that process. 
So them coming into it, and this is a good f- start with the mm. Western Canada Games team, yeah. instilling that in there to these mm. kids right now, yeah, it's going to create a good work ethic. And mm-hmm. and that can also lead us into the proposed club licensing program that's going to be coming into play in the next year or two uh, in this province and nationwide. Uh, I, I, it'll definitely lend itself to upping the ante as far as training goes within raising the, clubs, the standards, raising coach education, standards. development of mm-hmm. players, yeah. everything. Uh, I think that that should make a difference. And I'm just hoping we'll be able to instill uh, any of the clubs that are involved in this. will be able to instill that thought process uh, as far as what it really takes to, Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to I, achieve it the, just in the to, game. Just to touch on Jordan's comment, I think he nailed it with the limited opportunities there was and the culture nowadays just surrounding the game. And really, it's a different era for parents and for kids now. They have a lot of accessibilities to everything, social things, technology, everything. They just have a lot of options, right? Where we were growing up and there was, if you have that passion for the game, you still see it with some of our players in our club and different clubs. They have that true passion. But I see a lot of players that are a bit, oh, it's indifferent. They like soccer, but you know, and it's, and they may have talent and stuff too. So it's finding that drive and hunger. And I think, yeah, changing the culture is a huge one. So, And I I think now that there's, there is a larger opportunity out there for getting, extra training, whatever it may be. But I really think parents need to scrutinize what programs or what in extracurricular activity in the game that they're getting involved with. Like do your due diligence, check on the coaching status. Are these coaches at that level to be able to move on? Or is Mm -hmm. it just a money making thing? Not that I'm against anybody trying to make extra money Mm -hmm. uh, from their ability to coach, but at the end of the day, how is this going to benefit my child if my thoughts are I want that my my child to move on to you know a higher academic level and be able to play the game as well you know is that is that it is going this route through this program whatever program it may be um, do they have the right people in place they're going to help my child to advance whether it's within the game or within sort of their life expectancy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's with anything, right? Like there's a there's been a, a massive push to professionalize things and mm-hmm. the club licensing is great and, and it'll be a, a massive game changer in Canada. Um, like I remember training with uh, when I was when I was playing here in Shore Park, like we'd show up and we'd all have mitch, mi- mismatched uh, gear. Yeah. Like there was no training tops. Yeah, you wear no your favorite jersey, kit. you wear a United kit or yeah. whatever. And, just And it's it's become very professionalized and it's a scary thing, but it's a good thing at yeah. the same time. Um, you know, and I think if, if we if we really put a focus onto what matters rather than uh, the bells and whistles and, and the, the the fancy kit and making sure you've got all Adidas or all Nike or yeah. whatever, like that stuff doesn't matter. Yeah. That doesn't matter. And if you, if you focus on having good quality coaches that, that give the players a really excellent experience, yeah. uh, you won't have a problem with your programming and, and things will grow. And I, and I agree. I, th- I think that's the way things will happen and I'm hoping everyone will see that. We're going to take another break here. I'm just curious though, when, when guys showed up and when we, back in the day and they were just, anybody wearing Celtic kit? Yeah. No, <laughs> oh, I, if they did, I, I was, I was just, yeah, I was. Just, if they did, they got two footed. Jordan didn't start a lot of games. <laughs> oh, they only, they only wore in bad kit. They, all right, we're going to take our uh, next break right now. You're listening to soccer talk in the park, the official podcast of the Sherwood park district soccer association. We'll be right back. 
Today's podcast is sponsored by Mr. Lube. Fast, warranty-approved oil and fluid changes. Mr. Lube. And we're back. This is Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of... Take the breath, Darren. The Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. There. It's funny how his voice changes, isn't it? It, it is, yeah. Each segment, <laughs> it just up or down. <laughs> is it high or low? It was, it, it's, uh, is it su- sultry? Is <laughs> it, it's, it's, <laughs> is it sort of a late night radio host thing? No. <laughs> we won't do that voice. Yeah. That's, that's Keep not this the best thing one. PG. <laughs> You're keeping it PG. Um, so we have Jordan Stewart in from the ASA. Uh, it's been a good show so far. Still here. Still Haven't here. left yet. Still here. Yeah, and, and he, says, he, mug. he says that because yeah. someone has left. Yes, Dano, Jimmy Yay. Oatmeal. <laughs> He's left the room to make uh, Chuckles and I very happy. <laughs> it smells better in here already. It does smell better. Yeah. Um, and everyone seems to have left for lunch here at the office. I don't know what's going on. I, I, again, not that any of this will really matter when you're listening to the podcast. Not at all. <laughs> and... and Fast-forwarding, fast forwarding, <laughs> yeah. hitting the 15-second fast-forward. <laughs> oh, yeah, that sounds yeah. like something now. Now it sounds like they're talking. Um, well, since we have you in here, we, let, let's talk a little bit about the Rex program. Sure. And yeah. and this is the – now, what's the difference? I, I, I just have to figure out the difference. Is the, the men's program is called the Excel program, and the women's program is called the Rex program. Oh, this is a good CSA question. Uh, what they're doing is, is they're still – Rex is just regional Excel. Okay. Right. So uh, they've got a Rex strategy for the boys' side as well. Okay. Uh, through integration camps that that they'll be running uh, three this year, actually. So details okay. will be coming out very shortly if they haven't already been been uh, publicized. Okay. About those uh, those dates. Okay. Yeah. So I mean. Uh the name is the name. It doesn't matter. Right? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, both are basically a Rex program. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Uh, that makes total sense. I know that basically with the way it ran in, uh, I mean, I know FC Edmonton and Tom Fath, Tom and Dave Fath are both very instrumental at uh, the financial end of it in in making the boys side, which is an FC Edmonton Academy, basically. Mm-hmm. That's the Rex boys side here in the northern part of Alberta. And they also are a, a big uh, helper and supporter of the the women's side. Massive, yeah, massive. Um, uh, both of them are usually at the uh, the unveilings when we do the signing day piece for for all the girls where they're going to school, where they're signing on for their universities and colleges. Like, nice. They are they're a massive, massive support, and and we, we can't thank them enough because the program would look very, very different if uh, if FC Edmonton and if the uh, the Fath brothers weren't involved with that. Yeah, uh, and it's it's great for the city. I, I don't know how much, and it's it's funny because you, you talk about, and, and I'm getting off topic here a little bit, but uh, it, that's just the way things flow around here. Uh, I'm thinking of the support for that pro team and, and the fact that you have the two owners of the pro team putting so much back into the community here in the north mm-hmm. um, with programs like the Rex programs and the support they get Although it's better now that they're in the CPL, I still don't think it's great enough. And aside from that, the two leagues that actually (laughs) operate within the city limits here, uh, (laughs) should I throw the name? I'm probably going to have to edit this all out, but (laughs) ISA and EMSA, is is there no way that there could be a little bit more coordination, you think, between 
because I don't know how it works in the South, and maybe you can uh, uh, get into it. I, I'm just thinking of the time frames of when they actually schedule their games. I, I know it's it's probably be easier for FC Edmonton come to the leagues and say, "Look, here's our schedule. Is there any way of not scheduling youth games mm-hmm. on these days or nights to allow more of the youth players to come to the matches?" It's for me. It's about igniting the spark, right, and and just producing that for young players. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I grew up in an environment where there was no pro games. The only the only professional soccer that I really saw in my life was when Canada used to host their men's national team games here um, in Commonwealth, mm-hmm. and uh, and when I went overseas, that was it. Yeah, there there was nothing else. So so logically. Uh, if you want player experience, if you want player retention, if you want player experience and just person, human experience mm-hmm. as well, I think that you just need to coordinate it and, and you just need to have, uh, if it's blackout days in the schedule, if it's, uh, if it's some sort of piece that they, they both collaborate, yeah. offer ticket prices at next to nothing for kids, uh, you know, get people into the doors and get kids yeah. excited about, about their home team because they should be. Yeah. You look at the amount of players that Jeff signed uh, from the academy, from local clubs here, mm-hmm. from Edmonton. Uh, it's it's second it's like to none in the CPL. Or something right now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Jeff Paulus, the head coach of the FC Edmonton team right yeah. now. Um, I, and I only, and I don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not, tr- I don't want to say anything bad against the two leagues. I'm just saying there's got to be a better way of, of maybe um, working things out. And, and I guess the onus is probably on the pro club to some degree to, to initiate that contact and say, look, here are the dates. I guess that can be a, a, a problematic too, because, Every group, and, and I'm a, I don't know if it's the same in Calgary as well, but every group here has to go through allocation meetings to figure out fields to set up. You know when teams train and play, and 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 that can take a long time too. And, that, and the process behind that is tedious at best. I would well, imagine that's probably part of the scheduling problem, right? Lack of facilities, and and I'm sure uh, you know the the people who are making the schedules at EMSA and ESA and everyone working there's trying their best, mm-hmm. you know, to accommodate the number of games that each team needs yeah. and also a thousand other outside factors. Like even when I make special requests, hey, can you black out these two, three days or make sure that these age groups aren't playing on these couple of days so that there isn't a massive scheduling headache and players aren't being put in a position where they have do to I make go to this, do I go to that, who do I let down, yeah. you know, like I, I want to do this, but I can't let down my team. So so it's a, it's a collaborative effort you know, system-wide from, from Alberta soccer, from EMSA, from ESA, from CMSA, from all the districts, and then from the pro clubs as well to yeah. just make something happen yeah. uh, th- that's good for everyone involved in the game. You know, I, I don't think it would take that much to, to collaborate that, to maybe initiate something for the, the upcoming year where a, one person specifically from each of those groups gets together and, and talks through Okay, here's the plans from our end, and everybody's got their plans. Mm-hmm. How do we coordinate this the best we can? And again, the the CPL schedule is not set by SC Edmonton. It's no, set no, by this league. So, yeah, yeah. but it's based it, it, on dates that are available right. to those clubs. But then you get your other competitions in there, like the yeah. Voyagers Cup, that yeah. sort of stuff. So that could throw a, little, throw a bit yeah, of a wrench, a wrench in into it. things. Yeah. Yeah. So, like Jordan says, like I'm sure everybody's trying to do their best to try and alleviate yeah, that yeah. problem. And I'm sure, like East and Emsa schedules were probably set. Without knowing when the actual oh, CPR schedule yeah, yeah. for this year anyway. Yeah. Could have been. Maybe yeah. going forward, 
they that's can, something they can address. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure now, well, there's going to be maybe a couple of expansion teams occurring next year, maybe with the CPL. By the sounds of it, yeah. You know, like yeah. Montreal and Ottawa, maybe some of they're coming in. Yeah, Saskatchewan's also going to have a team coming in, I believe. Yeah. Oh, for next year as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's going to boost it now to uh, about 10 teams? That would At be least, 10. Yeah, yeah, I heard Quebec City, now. Montreal. Alex Bunbury is very vocal on Twitter about right. uh, about those two cities. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I remember at the very beginning, Saskatchewan was actually going to come into this this year or this when it started, but then they figured it'd be a year after yeah. the league starts. So again, so. so the league may not be maybe two years down the road. We may see a little bit more cooperation, cooperation yeah, between them occurring yeah. with everybody. Um, we were initially stalk, talking about the Rex program. You had sort of a question that you had mentioned in between um, segments here about uh, just how players go about getting involved or how, yeah, it, like how, how are they identified like to, Go into that program is they just go to go through the districts uh, soccer associations who and they think who is the best players for those age groups and then that's who's invited in or is there actually people who go out and actually scout these players in game situations and then invite them in? Yeah, so there's there's been a couple of methods that we've used like in Edmonton, uh, not this past cycle but the one before we used to have a combine uh, where we take recommendations of players and, and combine that with our own scouting uh, and and bring them in and run them through a bit of a weekend combine and see you know, see who uh, the top players are and compare an apple to an apple, for lack of a better term. Um, so that's something that, that we're looking at getting back to uh, in the two major centers in Edmonton and Calgary uh, and inviting district players uh, from all over Alberta into that. Uh, the the Whitecaps boys program, the full-time program down in Calgary actually has players travel up from Lethbridge and Medicine Hat uh, two, three times a week to train. So uh, there's, there's a heap of talent not just in Edmonton and Calgary specifically or, or in the surrounding areas. There's, there's talent all over this province. It's just a matter of unearthing it and then looking to, to nurture its development. So uh, to get a, a definitive answer to your question, it's scouting. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'll go park myself at games uh, and watch, take notes on players and throw them into a database and see where they're going. Uh, we will look to run some combines. I don't want to be held to that because we're still just trying to figure that piece out. Yeah. Um, and, and there's been a, an internal proposal as well um, on a club integration model where I'll actually come in and work in the club for, for three days. So the club will, will sort out who the, the kind of 2006 to 2003, 2002, kind of the top players in and no, around so those age groups. The age groups that you look at. Yeah, in and around those age groups to, uh, to bring in 20, 24 of them ish from the the club or district in total that's not per age group yeah total total total. uh so so essentially the the club or district will be helping out doing the the screening process as well and then looking to work with those club coaches um work with the club tds to help them have context and understanding of of what we're actually looking for and and what uh what's kind of required and also a part of that is is parent education so it's it's informing the parents like listen this is where your daughter's at right now these are a couple of things that, that hopefully will help and and we'll look to just keep tracking and evaluating um we always send out a, a google form or a microsoft form that, that club uh, and district tds uh fill out and and make their player recommendations for for programs and for western canada summer games and all of those things as well so we look to to be as collaborative and, and involved as we possibly can 
Nice. Uh, that's that's great. And I'm just curious to know, um, and we may have touched on this during the phone call because we had Jordan on our first phone-in segment, which mm-hmm. was fantastic. Privilege. Yeah, second F-bomb. <laughs> there it is. I, you know what? But I've only used it twice. So that's true. I, that's true. You get better. Yeah, that line of 105 might be a little <laughs> yeah. steep. A little but still steep. 10 or 12 minutes left, right? <laughs> I don't think I'll be matching that, that's for sure. Um, but we talked a little bit about the difference, possible difference, in what the Rex program would look like once this club licensing uh, process is completed. You have a couple of clubs now in each area, um, north and south, that are hopefully producing higher-end players. Does the Rex program still run within the province, or does it shift now to the, I think there's two Super Rex um, Programs. programs. I know there's one in Vancouver, which is yeah, being so scrutinized right now. There's, but, uh, uh, there's three Super X programs in, oh, the, in the country. Okay. Uh, Vancouver has one. Uh, Ontario uh, located in Markham as well. And then in, in sorry, in Montreal. Okay. Um, so there's the three Super Centers, which uh, our rec centers typically feed players into. Um, so we'll operate typically at a, a U16 to U14 kind of level within the recs centers mm-hmm. and then from there players are filtered into super centers super typically. centers yeah um if players can't move and and they're not able to they they can stay in recs like yeah. there's no problem there um it's just typically the age groups that that they're focused on within the programming yeah the the tricky part is always is tracking the ones who who exit the program who age out if you will i yeah. hate using that because age out has this connotation that they're they're not considered or they're eliminated but but that tracking piece is really really difficult and typically we rely on club and district uh, staff <laughs> to, to and, try and help yeah. yeah and and to just do you have any video on this player like how how she been doing where she at now what school did she end up going to so yeah. so those pieces uh, are difficult sometimes but um, but it's something that I'm devoting some more energy and time to mm-hmm. um, in terms of, of trying to, to make sure that the late bloomer and the late developer doesn't fall through the cracks. Yeah, and which would be huge for national programs overall uh, because you're right, there are players that, you know, like you said, age out of this, the, the brackets that, mm-hmm. that, that are, or the parameters that they're falling into to be in those programs, yet they're still quality players and, mm-hmm. and, and achieving at a certain level. So you don't want, you definitely don't want to lose sight of those ones. And within that too, like no player's path is ever the same. I mean, just because you haven't been invited into a, a Rex program at, at 13 or 14 years old doesn't mean that you're a bad player. It mm-hmm. just means that you're not ready. Yeah. And it's it's that simple. And, and maybe next year it is, maybe three, four, five, six years down the line, maybe after you're done university, you've you've developed a heap and and uh, one of the national team coaches might be calling you. Like it, it's, it's just you're not ready right now. Mm-hmm. It's not that you're not good enough. You're just not ready right now. And, and I think we've all had some opportunity where we've seen players that have been in that category of not you're a great player, but you're not quite ready mm-hmm. now. We've seen them that they're ready, mm-hmm. and I don't want to use him because I think he was ready and just overlooked. Which, which is Connor James. Mm. He's the goalkeeper for FC Edmonton now, the number one, and uh, has been fantastic in his initial start with his pro career. And yeah, it, it's it's at the moment it's not a very huge career, but one that started off with a lot of promise and 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 something that I think in his younger days he should have been asked into certain 
camps and certain uh, areas. Personally, I, I, I think he should have been. But again, people f- restricted to... Well, again, it could have been too, like Jordan and Dana were saying earlier in the broadcast that within those age groups that they fell into because Western Canada games, Canada summer games, it's like four years in between them mm-hmm. yeah. in there. So they could fall into that age group where... They're right in between. Yeah, and they're not selected for it because they're they're not within that age. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're either too young or too old, too, yeah. depending on when it falls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so there's some tricky tricky bits. So if, if people are listening and trying to have kids, make sure you plan it around some <laughs> yeah. of these events. <laughs> make sure that they're exactly. older age group, you know. And there's a lot of people out there who just don't like tricky bits. So, yeah, exactly. you know, these things happen. But Jordan, maybe you can clear something up too because we get a lot of calls and emails coming into the office and a lot of questions asked by our coaches when the kids go into the Rex program or anything like that. Are they still allowed to play with their clubs? Yeah, so we've 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 kind of tried both models um, where where the players have been removed completely. Uh, so two cycles ago, it was just solely the Rex program. Um, you'd get your games through the Rex program, you'd get your training, everything like that uh, for a full full cycle, or you know until you were asked to leave uh, based on performance or behavior. Um, and this this past cycle, we actually allowed the players to go and play in their seven v seven league matches. Uh, for a multitude of reasons, um, it, it's it's posed some challenges. Uh, it's it's had some good benefits though as well, um, and I, I think that I think that we need to be flexible in terms of who's in the program, what their intentions are, you know, where they're tracking to as well, and and making sure that we provide an excellent experience for these young women uh, and keep them involved in the game. Uh, because there's multiple reports out right now of, of girls just giving up the game at 13 years old mm-hmm. and just dropping out of sport, never mind soccer, 12, 13, boom, they're gone. Um, they get an injury. They, they just don't come back. And, and it's, it's an epidemic sport-wide. So it's, it's about, you know, what do they need, even from a social context? You know, do they still need to play a little bit of school soccer to play? to be with their friends. And, and while that's not allowed typically within the Rex program, uh, there needs to be some flexibility and, and it's a case by case basis because it's not uh, it's not a program designed to, to develop a team to go win. It's a program designed to develop. push individuals yeah. onto the next level yeah. and to make sure that the right individuals are getting exposure to the next level. So, the age groups you're talking about, like we're, we're talking about the 14s, 15s, 16s, mm-hmm. do you still allow them to play multi-sport? So if they want to play school volleyball or basketball, still do it? Because I know that's part of their development as an athlete. And I mean, I, I think it gives them more rounded athlete. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, you're not all soccer-specific, soccer-specific, soccer-specific. You're getting using different muscles, mm-hmm. maybe thinking different ways as well. And I think that benefits the athlete towards the game. So do you guys encourage that sort of stuff? Or is it strictly... You're here four times a week working with Rex, soccer's it, and you can go play with your club games only, and that's it. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, typically, typically uh, the Rex is, is asking for soccer only. Mm-hmm. So they're starting to, to transition into a, a stage in LTPD where they need to be a little more sport-specific. Now, I mean, obviously, if you're going down to the younger side of these Rex players, I mean, some of them are coming in at, at 12 and a half, 13, 13 and a half years old kind of thing. So, so for us to, uh, for adults, for us to decide, no, you're going to play soccer. It, it's, it's not right for, right for anyone to decide that for anyone else. So uh, an approach that, that we've taken is like, 
okay, uh, you're a basketball player as well. And, and we had this two cycles ago in Calgary. She was a, she was a high level basketball player, provincial level basketball player. Um, and she's actually a, a, a two scholarship athlete at a local university as well. So she's excellent at both. And, and it's, it's not my place to say, no, no, you have to play soccer. You can't go and play basketball. Uh, it's not right. So what we asked for was to manage her training load. So it would be, okay, if, if you've got two basketball games on a Saturday, no problem. You're not training Monday. Like you will get the proper rest, recovery, and, and physical loading uh, as opposed to, you know, kids doing 5, 10, 15 different activities a week mm-hmm. um, because that sport-specific burnout can also be a multi-sport burnout. Mm-hmm. And, and they're going from soccer to volleyball to dance uh, or, or whatever else uh, on a nightly basis. And they live out of a vehicle and eat pizza pops every night right. you know like hey, socially I have to cut you off there <laughs> what is wrong with pizza pops I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I hope I don't get sued for it but there's, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with pizza pops I guess um, but, but there's better options right and, of course and you know what what kind of childhood are we providing for the kids as well uh, I think that those factors need to be taken into consideration when you're when you're designing programs like this and, and administering programs like this the reason I ask is just I was one of the coaches with uh, Tanya Boychuk, mm-hmm. and she was a Canadian national team uh, world-class diver. Yeah, excellent diver. Yeah. yeah, and then she was coming like early in the morning, mm-hmm. doing her diving for a couple hours, going to school, diving right after school, and then coming into the Rex program mm-hmm. at the time. And I mean, is that burning out? Is that too much training? Is And, and she's been in a U-20 national team as That's well. That's right. Like, yeah. uh, she's, she's been played in World Cup qualifiers. Yeah. Uh, you know, and... It, it's it's a tough one, you know, like I, I really, I personally, this isn't me speaking on behalf of CSA or the Rex program, but it, it needs to be on just a case-by-case basis. Because right. there are there are players and athletes out there who can tolerate, have a higher tolerance for the loads that are put on them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just built differently uh, and because there is a mix. So mm-hmm. I, I agree with the case-by-case basis because... Some some will be able to handle it and handle the workloads. Some won't, mm-hmm. and will need that time off in between. And uh, and if we use Tanya as an example, she's a very robust, very strong athlete. Oh yeah, like she is. She's in and very great, focused. Yeah, incredibly and focused incredibly as well focused. on the mental side. Like she she could handle that kind of uh, right. that kind of load as well. But but again, it's it's not for us to determine. It's, it's for the player to say, you know what, this, this soccer thing might go somewhere for me. It's time to, to start actually buckling down a little bit. Because I know it's, it's usually around the age 13, we start getting to position specific and you become more specialized mm-hmm. in a certain sport mm-hmm. at that time. So mm-hmm. yeah. just wondering, that's so why I was just putting it out there, just wondering yeah, if no you problem. guys still encourage... Yeah. Sport. yeah, case by case, right? Like it yeah. has to be case by case. I mean, if, if there's a girl who, who, who's really tracking hard towards a national team, like I'm having a conversation with them saying like, this one might put you through school. Right. This one might have you get a pro contract. This one might put you in a national team. You might wear red and white one day. Like, do you really want to play badminton or, or any other sport? So mm-hmm. it, it, it's a, it's a different conversation for, for each one, for each one. Mm-hmm. And on that note, I want to thank, and that was, a, that was a good one too. It was a good note to end on. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. We're actually going to wrap up the show. So I want to thank Jordan for coming in. Jordan, as always, welcome anytime. Uh, we'll do the phone call stuff as well. Because awesome, I know yeah. you're down in yeah. uh, 
down in Calgary. So I want to thank Jordan of the ASA for coming in. Jordan Stewart, thank you. No problem. Thanks, Jordan. Pleasure. Uh, Charles, thank you very much. Thank you both. Yeah. And, you. and on behalf of uh, Chuckle Ardano, the uh, Jimmy Eaton oatmeal guy, <laughs> I want to thank him for being here as well. So you've been listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. Hope you've enjoyed the program. And like I always say, give us feedback, send us emails into the club here. And if there's something you want to hear or uh, would like us to discuss, we'd be more than happy to do so. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later. You've been listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. 